106.9. I say welcome back to it because you've been all away from it for about, what, four or five days now? It's been, jeez. It's been a while. It's been a little while. Wednesday was our uh, was our last program last week, day before Thanksgiving. We took uh, both Thursday and Friday off, then, you know, normally scheduled off Saturday and Sunday there. And uh, I had a great, great holiday break. I got a little unlucky Wednesday. You may be able to hear still a little bit bit left in my voice. I started to get sick on my at, like towards the end of the program on Wednesday. I could feel it. I could feel it building in the chest like the phlegm and the like. And so I was like, all right, well, you don't really have plans tonight or tomorrow for Thanksgiving because that's kind of what I wanted. I wanted to be away from everything. So let's go all the way into the sickness. So I stopped at CVS on my way home and I got like everything. I got embrace it. Oh yeah, no, I got like I I got some chloroseptic throat spray. I got some, uh, I I, you know, I got some Nyquil. I got a couple other different things, some Zycam strips for the nose. I did the whole thing. Remember the drug deal that you would you would you would go on before the good one. Well, before ten years ago, it'd be like, oh, I got a four day weekend, dude. I better stop and get some drugs. And you did the same thing nowadays, and it's like, yeah, I got some throat spray. Yeah, no, I'm all hopped up on cold medicine. All right, I got some cold meds. Yeah, that was my that was my contribution to the drug world. Oh, there you go. Uh, right <laughs> then uh, for, for like four days straight, and it was awesome. It, it, I mean, it was great. Like, because I wasn't yet so sick that I felt miserable. I was a lot of this was preemptive, and so I was like, all right, well, let's just start working through it. And so, sure enough, I just got all hopped up on that kind of stuff, and uh, I, I stayed underneath a blanket on the couch for like four days. As a matter of fact, this is a true story. So Wednesday, I leave work, and I left early. It was like ten fifteen. I was like, get me the hell out of here. Could not wait to get away from here. Right. So 1015, I'm like, all right, in the car, pedal down, uh, down 77, flying. Right. 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 So then I get home. That was the last time I saw outside until this morning. Jeez. I never left my apartment Jeez. another time. Jeez, dude. I mean, uh, that, that almost seems like uh, four days consecutively in the house there. That almost seems a little concerning, dude. <laughs> like, I, geez, no, I, I, I never, I never left the house. I stopped at, I, I stopped at Giant Eagle on my way home, stopped at CVS. So I, so I got enough food right. for like the four or five days. Right. I was like, no, I, on my way home, I was like, this is the plan. You're not leaving the house. Stansbury hibernation mode. Hibernation mode. Okay. Kicked it into full high gear. Watched. Well, pretty much everything Netflix has to offer right, right. now. Right, I was gonna say at this point, dude, four days in the house. Uh, spent a little bit of time with the Xbox, you know, uh, you know the you know the Xbox One there. Spent right. a little, you know, a little time with the video game systems there. Right. You know, you know, spent some time doing that. Outside of that, it was four days of just like no, not that much phone. I did a very good job. I, I checked in a little bit here and there, but I wasn't like attached, especially being bored all day in the house. Yeah. Four straight days, I stayed. Pretty much off of it. I, you know, a couple of tweets here and there. I didn't read a whole lot. It was in, in post-only mode is what I call it, where I don't really, like, read a whole lot. I just kind of post so people know I'm alive. Because, again, when you don't leave the house for four or five it's days, people, people start to worry. But I, I did. I did not feel great. And so I was like, well, and there were a couple of days, both Thursday and Friday, the weather was decent enough. And my buddy actually called me Thursday. He was like, hey, you couldn't come over for Thanksgiving? And I was like, nah, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. He's like, well, he's like, no one's out there, but the course is open. He's like, if you want to go play, he's like, obviously no one's going to care. Just go out there and go play as much as you want. It's Thanksgiving, I know. He's like, you know, if you want to go do it, go do it. And I was like, and it, the weather was so good. And I was like, nah, dude, you're not feeling that great. Don't do this. You don't want to go into next week at work and feel awful and be sick all week. So, like, I just, for four days, man, I just was on the couch, like, hawking up phlegm into, like, napkins, and it was awesome. Um, well, as long as you enjoyed it, that's all that matters, buddy. That's what I No, what I did. I, I had a, 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 and actually, I feel rested. I feel good. I feel like I took a break away from work, um, it, you know, and so, like, I'm, I'm feeling very positive today. How, Dude, how was, your, how was your Thanksgiving break? Um, it was good. It was good. Came in this morning. There was a little bit of me that was like, dude, do I even remember how to do this job? Like, I know it was only four days, but I'm just, like, looking at something. Didn't like, have God. that firm of a grip on it before, like, 
so God, what am I doing? You'll right be all right. Uh, but no, dude, it was it was a good it was a good Thanksgiving break. Um, I did not necessarily spend all four days inside, even though I kind of wish I would have. You kind of made that sound all right. It was awesome. Um, but there was uh, there was plenty of stuff that happened. Uh, Thanksgiving feels like it was a year ago at this point. It but, really does. Uh, but 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 we did that whole thing. Um, me and the girlfriend, you know, went down to her mom's house down there in Falcon Country in the, in, in the Fairless area. So that was cool. Um, but really, the story of the weekend was, dude, is I just worked a bunch and I uh, I picked up a new gig at that. Christmas bar where I'll be bartending tonight, tomorrow, Wednesday. I don't know the rest of my life. I feel like at this point I've, I've signed up for it. Um, but no, that has been a roaring success. Black Friday was the first officially open day. And I got there at three o'clock on Black Friday. It's probably two thirty, three o'clock. And it was over halfway filled. And then from that point on, it was just at capacity. At one point, we had to like cut people off. We had to like say, like, no, dude, you can't come into this bar anymore. So it's been a roaring success there. It's been a, uh, what do I want to say? It's cool because on one hand, I feel like, dude, all this extra money's great, and this is all nice. But on the other hand, dude, just like, God, am I glad that I do not have to do this restaurant hustle every day of my life? Like, it really did kind of put that into perspective for me. Like, dude, this is what your life was going to be, but you decided to do something else with it. And I'm like, okay. Every time I work at the Agora, I'm thankful because it's a little extra money. Right. It's a little extra money, but also I always drive home, and it's always, dude, don't take what you have for your day job for right, granted. Right. Don't take it for granted because honestly, this is what you would do. You would, and don't get me wrong, bartending the Agora, not the worst gig in the world. It's a good no, gig. No, 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 no. That's not <clears> to say <throat> that like working in a restaurant is like beneath me or anything like that. But there, it, there was a little bit of like I could just feel the tiredness in my body and like my back hurt, and my legs hurt, and my feet hurt, and all that stuff. And I'm like, dude, this is this is what these people, you know, this is what people do on a daily basis. And like you're lucky enough to not have to do that. So it is like it, it's it's fun to go back and kind of live that lifestyle, but at the same time be like, ah, I don't know, dude. I don't know if I could do this forever. There's always a little bit of me that when I walk into the Agora, I kind of feel like a dick. Why's because that? that's that, that, very few people that serve there is that their only job, but their right. other jobs are serving jobs. Right. And so there's a little bit of mentality and there's a little bit of look at me like when, when I walk in where it's like, dude, all you do is dip your toes in this server life. I'm right. stuck in here. Living you know what I mean? Every single day. Just take, drinking coffee, smoking cigarettes. Taking half gainers off the timing right. board. Right. Meanwhile, dude, you're just dipping your toes in there to see, oh, well, hey, look, it's Friday. The Water's warm. I'm jumping in. Um, and as far as, as as my other other job goes, uh, also this weekend at the Canton Civic Center, dude. Oh, I forgot about that. Canton Charge ended up losing that game, but dude, I have to shout out Charge Nation. They were so engaged on Saturday night. And sometimes I'll go in there, and whether it's me or it's the crowd or it's the team or something happens there where it's like they, you know, I just can't get them to go. But on Saturday, dude, everybody was in a good mood. Everybody was ready to party. Uh, Yeti Osman and Ante Zizek from the Cavaliers, they were both down there as well. Well, so that was cool. But, I uh, almost texted you because I was like, "Dude, start flipping chairs and benches, uh, uh, you know, upside <laughs> down in there on Saturday. We got to find Derrick Rose. Like, maybe, maybe that, maybe that's where Derrick Rose is. Possibility. We'll get, we'll get a we'll get a look into that at seven o'clock. Also, eight o'clock this morning. We'll talk to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com, and then nine o'clock, buddy. We got a huge announcement to make. What is that? Now the show's been announced. Okay. It's Rock on the Range. Okay. Now the show's been announced. Everybody knows every year Rock on the Range yeah. comes to Columbus. Duh, Annual thing right? there. Right. So like the dates are out. But at 8.55, 
I am getting an email that gives me the rundown of who's performing at Rock on the Range, and then at 9 o'clock, we're going to give it to everybody on the radio. I was hoping that you had some insider information for me, but nah. you don't know what it is either? And they won't give it to me yet. Son of a bitch. No, he said to me in the email, he's like, look, dude, you're bad at this. You know what I mean? He's, I was like, okay. I was like, what, what does that mean? He goes, every time I give you information, you always go on the air and say, you have information you're not allowed to give anybody. Then you start talking about how you're not going to give it out. Right. And then sooner or later, in, in, you, later. in you talking about how you're not going to give it out, it just slips out. He's like, and I'm sick of getting yelled at over you over that he's like so at 8 55 i'm giving it to you and at nine o'clock you can give it to everybody else so we'll be able to tell you who's playing rock on the range coming up at nine o'clock more stansbury show right around the corner hang on the stansbury show we may not be a global epidemic yet on iHeartRadio. this is a dream come true canton's rock station rock 1069 welcome back to the stansbury show we're on rock 1069 also online at WRQK.com, where you can see a video of the Raiders and Broncos going at it in yesterday's game. Jeez. I mean, dude, that game got out of hand. Like, it needed cops, not refs. Like, that game got crazy. Michael Crabtree got, like, ejected. Whole thing's nuts, but you can see that video. That's online for you, WRQK.com. A lot of people hitting me up over the weekend, you know, because Ohio State beat Michigan, and then Alabama had one, or lost, I mean. People are like, see, you were saying they're not going to be in the Final Four. You were saying they're not a national championship team. But look what can happen. I don't know enough about how they decide who's like the four, what goes into it, the po- you know, the coach's poll, which poll, this, and that. I don't know enough about it. What My whole point was is that Ohio State, to me, has not consistently looked like a championship uh, you know, caliber team all year. Have they shown signs of it? Yes. Have there been games? Absolutely. But week to week, they have not looked like a national championship team to me. They just haven't. Still sitting at number eight right now. You got number one, Clemson. Number two, Oklahoma. Number three, Wisconsin. Number four, Auburn. So it's probably how it should be mostly. I think Wisconsin's the only undefeated team still, so they're the only ones that are definitely putting themselves in that conversation. Now, I mean, things can change, and obviously, you know, Big Ten championship happens and things like that. This more than anything to me in... I guess there's going to be Ohio State honks who just say this because this is what they want. More than anything to me, this just proves that, like, dude, this should be a 16 game or 16 team playoff. Like, make it happen. Start it this week. By the end of the new year, it's over. You know what I mean? Like, NCAA, what are you leaving you're, money on the table? You're for? going there eventually. Do it. You're Do going it. there eventually. Although, at some point, somebody's going to be like, well, at that point, then it's going to be 24. And then it's going to be. Th- but. I mean, when they started at four, eight felt like right to me, where it was like, well, eight gives you like, at least now you're covering most of the, well, most of the top 10. Like that's right. That seems eight seems right to me. Right. You know what I mean? 16 seems like a lot. I mean, it does. You know, I just think it sets itself up well for the month of December. And then you can start calling these playoff games the bowl games or whatever you want to do there. And it just it seems to me like it's too small. And that's from somebody who hates Ohio State. But um, at the end of the day, if you're really making the argument that Ohio State should be in that top four, I think you're crazy. Yeah, I was going to say at that point, you're you're just just a fan. And you're just a fan. And that's okay. Be a fan of Ohio State. But it's not a great argument that they should be in the national championship game right now that's not a great argument you know what i mean and but if you're the tv people like i don't know who carries the games but if you're the tv people you'd want ohio state in the games because they draw a huge television audience because you know a lot of people leave ohio live other places i mean they're one of those teams that i mean their fans travel well and that they live in other places so i i think the tv rating would be better if you if you have you know a bigger team in it but 
you know, I we'll see what happens. Eventually, they're going to move to eight, and yeah. I think we all know. I that. mean, at that point, though, yes, you'd want it to be Ohio State because they have a bigger fan base. But it's like, well, then should we just pick the four biggest fan bases every year and let them fight it out for a national championship? No, I'm just you saying, know. no. Ultimately, you want to get it right. I'm right. saying, if you're a TV executive, secretly you're sitting there going, "Man, I wish the Buckeyes were a little bit better," because I know people are going to drive to the TV to watch that. You know what I mean? But no, you got to get it right. And ultimately, I th- I hope that's what they care more about. We'll find that. We'll find that out. Um, it was, you know, interesting though. People were like beating me up over it. It's like, guys, I'm not anti Ohio State. I like Ohio State. I am. I'm just saying that, you know, you got to be realistic every year. You just gotta, you just gotta know that you're not what you think you are every single year. And for everybody knocking Harbaugh, like, look, I hope Jim Harbaugh gets fired because they will be worse. I think he's just having a weird year. I don't think that this is indicative that Jim Harbaugh cannot coach football. As a matter of fact, if the Browns said, hey, we're going to go hire Jim Harbaugh, I'd be like, all right. I'd at least wait and see what happens out of that. I'd be like, okay. That's at least, like, if you want to fire Hugh, and after yesterday, a lot of you do. If you want to fire Hugh, and you said to me, well, we're going to go get Harbaugh, I'd be like, okay, that's a move I could get behind. Like, that I like. Although I think he's probably better fit for the college game than he is the pro game. I'm not sure his antics work well with guys that are being paid $15 million. I'm not sure that that's the way that works out for him. But if I'm Michigan, I'd leave Jim Harbaugh right where he is. I don't get concerned about what I'm paying him. I don't get concerned about any of that. I just wait for the gold at the end of the rainbow because I think it's coming. That's just me. I could be way wrong. We all like to shove our faces full of food for Thanksgiving. This woman in Japan uh, did more than I think what most of us did. As a matter of fact, I did end up making those um, those spaghetti burritos. How did it all turn out, buddy? They were delicious. Really? They were great. Give me no. a rundown. Give me a, give me a top to bottom what happened So here. the video is online at WRQK.com. You can see from uh, uh, the video from which I made it. And I'll tell you that the first two bites you think to yourself... Spaghetti doesn't need more carbs. Like that's, yeah, it's pretty carb heavy. Like that's the first thing you think, right? But much like everything pasta related, it was better the second day. Okay. So what I did was, is I made like three of them, right? I made, and then I had like the rest of the spaghetti, and then you know it was case in case I, you don't like this, then you have the rest of this you can eat that, right? right? So I didn't waste it all on burritos, and so I make you know a couple of them. I get them you know rolled up in the tin foil, put them in the oven, bake them off for the last few minutes, get the cheese in there, you know, extra you know gooey, and then you know get a little crisp on there or whatever. And I pulled out and I eat it and I was like, ah, I did not add enough sauce to this before baking it because it got a little dry. A little dry there, okay. But it was delicious. Well, yeah, I mean, you got all that carb in there. You got the tortilla soaking up some of the sauce there, so I, I could see how it, that could get a little. It dry. dries out pretty quick, okay. so, so you gotta you gotta make it a little little saucy. Okay. And then so like the next morning, I woke up, and again I was sick all weekend, so I was like, ah, you know, just taking Dayquil and all like all these pills or whatever. So but like by the afternoon, I finally get hungry enough to eat something. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Let's try those. So I took the other two, put them back in the oven, baked them off a little bit, and then I warmed up some other marinara and a side thing, cut them in half, and like did a little dip there. Oh, and, bro, sounds good. they were delicious like that. The next day, letting everything sit in there and get set. Oh, dude, mo- most pasta dishes are better the second day. Stansberry's now a meal prepper instead of like health concerns. He's like, no, no dude, tastes better. No, when you get that, everybody knows what I'm talking about. When you get oh, the, yeah. when, when you get that cheese and it's like, it's got like glue consistency, <laughs> like, oh man, man, was that good. Like so good that I'm going to make them differently next time. Okay. That I think it's more of a breakfast food.
Okay. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a pasta carbonara ah. burrito. Because that's like that's noodles and eggs anyway, is what that is. It's kind of it's a, it's basically what that is. And so I'm gonna make like a, a, a carbonara, let that sit overnight, then make the burritos the next day. And put them in the oven like that. Ooh. A culinary trailblazer. This dance I'm telling you, is over here, dude, I'm, making things happen. I'm telling you, it was delicious. But this woman in Japan has me beat. Okay, she ate ten thousand calories worth of McDonald's. Jeez, ten thousand calories. Yuka Kinanoshi. Close enough. Yeah, whatever. All right. All right. I bet I'm not even close. <laughs> all right. All right. Thirty-two years old. This woman is. She sat down. Five burgers. Three large fries. And a staggering, they say, and this is, 23 desserts with three large Cokes to wash them all down. Trying to think of what I could put the most McDonald's away. Like, if I if it was like, yo, you got to eat this much McDonald's. Well, I know I can do a Cavs dinner box. Jeez, I've dude, done, that's I've like done that. people. I've done every single one of the boxes they've ever had. I have done by myself. That's for four people. They change it up. Sometimes it's two cheeseburgers and a Big Mac. Sometimes it's two Big Macs and a chicken sandwich. Like they, they change it up. But I've had them all and I've eaten them all. I've been I, able I, to take them down. I'm not a McDonald's hater. I know there's people out there who are like, oh, McDonald's, so gross. No, oh, I think it's delicious. I, dude, a lot of people do. Billions upon billions serve. McDonald's is doing something right out there. But, dude, I, the, dog, the Cavs dinner box is what you're eating? 10,642 calories is what this woman ate in total. Jesus. She has three and a half million subscribers on YouTube where she uploads daily videos of her eating. This is one of these people in Japan that eats a ton of food. And for some reason, there's like this thing over there where people will pay you to eat. I think it's that thing's over here too. I think those people, those people are probably a decent chunk of them are sitting now, right here in Canton, Ohio, masturbating, the, watching now, that. Here's the thing. Now, she's in what looks like a children's bedroom, which makes it kind of creepy. But like, she's not scantily clad like she's fully dressed she's wearing a sweater like she's not showing any cleavage there's like no my point being is there's no sexual aspect to this no traditionally sexual aspect to it i guarantee you the people watching that in some way or another are getting that getting that tickle right my point was though is do you think i could get people to either a view and b more importantly pay to watch me eat 11,000 calories worth of McDonald's. Because, dude, here's the thing. Sooner or later, we will be let go from this position. It's probably because of what we're doing right now. Yeah. And so, <laughs> like, I, I honestly, I spend 90% of my free time going, well, what are you going to do next? Like, what are you going to do when this all falls apart? That's 90% of my free time is spent on that. So, like, do you think I could build an audience? The fact that you're, like, a big American dude probably harder for you the fact that she's a small right. Japanese woman but I mean there's contrast in those two things where you look at me and go well of course you yeah, can eat that big dumb fat American of course you can now if you're gonna do it though you've got to up the ante 11,000 calories probably rookie numbers right there you gotta get those numbers up you know what I mean like you do you have to raise that bar well I know I did a calorie count the one day I the, every once in a while I'll go so far off the rails I just want to see how bad I can make it and I know I did I think it was 19,000 calories in a day once. I looked up all worth of food, dude. I, I looked up all the menus online. And I was just like I was in a self-loathing day and I was like, let me see if I can 
Honestly, I think I was trying to bring on a heart attack. I think it was like that miserable. I was like, dude, I, honestly, I just went off the planet. Put cheese and bacon on it, dude. I don't care. Put the spaghetti in a burrito. Dude, the spaghetti burrito was legit. <laughs> it was. It was so much better the next day. Oh, God, it was delicious. There's nothing better than glue cheese, dude. When you get <laughs> cheese turned into glue, your boy's in on that. We warn about the dangers of drinking and driving a lot on this program. But when you mix that and sex together, it's probably not going to end well. We'll give you that story next on Rock 106. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. I just watched this video during the break where two couples swapped, well, one couple, sorry, swapped phones. Okay. And inside of five minutes, they both found three things on each other's phone that caused the relationship to end. Five minutes with each other's phones. That's all it took. Wow. Stop uh, Stop messaging hoes, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you doing, Well, bro? actually, he found stuff on her phone first. I know it's always like that men are pigs and men are dogs and all we do is run around, but do women cheat just as much? Well, stop stop messaging male hoes. Exactly. <laughs> like, good Lord, people. Exactly. We preach on this program the dangers of drinking and driving. I feel very lucky over the fact that I had only had cost myself money while drinking and driving. Never like took anybody's life, didn't hurt myself, didn't wreck cars. I just got, I got caught, paid a bunch of money, felt really stupid, and have learned that lesson. I um I'm not a no regrets person, uh, but I try not to regret a lot of things. But looking back at some decisions I made behind the wheel, I do regret I plenty. Ha- it was a, 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 a sidebar. I hate the. I, no regrets. I live no, life no regret. Right. I hate that person because really what you're saying is is that either A, you've never made mistakes or B, you're so childish that even though you made a mistake, you're not going to learn from it. Yeah, I don't care about consequences is what you're saying. <laughs> right. Like, what, what you mean to say is is I don't get hung up on the regrets I have. Right. That's the more accurate statement. Okay. But those people like, I, I, I don't have any regrets. Well, then you're an idiot. Right. Yeah, I, that, that's one of those things. I look back at the, at, the, at the decade of the 20s of my life and I'm just like, God, dude, what were you thinking? Right. Like, and I wasn't even like, I don't think I was bad about it, but I definitely had my fair share of times and it, it's certainly a regret. Well, the, the numbers are, at least from the class I took, that you drive 77 times impaired before you get caught. That's those those are the average numbers. Now that's a national average. Right. So you know it's gonna be up, down, whatever. Right. But authorities say a man who was drunk struck a tree. Now, here's where the story gets a little interesting. Because you could be driving drunk and hit something, that's yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. But the man was also naked. Jeez. And was having sex with a woman. Jeez. Washington State Patrol spokeswoman says the crash happened around 6 p.m. This is Wednesday, right before Thanksgiving. So you know what happened. Biggest bar night of the year. Oh, yeah. Holiday weekend. Oh, yeah. You start getting into that, like, vacation mode. And next thing you know, you just start making bad decisions. Well, right. You're in your hometown all of a sudden because you're staying at mom's because Thanksgiving's at her house. You're back in your hometown. You're making out with some chick that you went to high school with. The prom queen's put 40 on. She'll now have sex with you. (laughs) So you're going to do it right down the street. The driver was arrested, taken to Pierce County Jail on suspicion of felony driving under the influence, vehicular assault, and child endangerment because there was a kid in the backseat of the oh car. Oh, my God, yeah. dude. Yeah. Jeez. So they booked the guy in the jail. They find out he has had three prior DUI convictions. So now this will be his fourth DUI, kid in the backseat, having sex while it happened, smashed right into a tree. Woman who he's having sex with, she was completely naked as well. And uh, ended up in the hospital with some, you know, rib issues, and she, you know, she, you know, they, she, had, you know, broke some ribs there. Now, there's going to be plenty of awful parents out there that are going to make oh, yeah. terrible decisions, you sure. know, with their child in the backseat of the car. Yes. But if you're the woman who's like coming home with this guy, like I get it, you're drunk and you're making bad decisions, and maybe you, do, you know, whatever. But like when you get into the car and there's a kid in the back, you're not having a moment of like, dude, what am I doing right now? Like. 
Dude, my ex was like a little too attached to her cat. Okay. And even when the cat was on the bed, I was like, I, I, I dude, I got performance anxiety. Get that thing oh, out of here. Like, dude, in the backseat. Right. That's my point. It's like, even like I've had, I've heard couples talk to me about how they'll have a newborn and they'll be in like, you know, the playpen thing or whatever. Even and my buddy was like, dude, even when he's in the room, I'm just like, that's my kid and I probably shouldn't do that. And that, that's weird. He's like, I always end up putting the kid out in the hallway for a couple. <laughs> I was like, dude, out in the hallway, that makes you a bad parent. He's like, Stansbury, dude. He's like, it's a man having sex. We're talking three minutes. That kid's in the hallway. He's like, it's going to be totally fine. But man, driving drunk, woman on top of you, which, by the way, is big in porn now. Like the 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 the, the uh, people have been sending me their favorite porn videos oh, for whatever oh, reason. For whatever reason. For whatever reason that's, that, that's what happens. People are like, yo, did you see this? Yo, did you see this? And for whatever reason, like women having sex while the while the car is in motion is like a big thing with these dudes now. You can tell Sansbury spent four days by no. himself locked up in no, the no. Hole, dude. No, 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 no. Which by the way, yeah, no, no, no. I held firm on the rule. There was no masturbation on Thanksgiving. Duh. You're not allowed to do that. Or the day after Black Friday rolls were off. Well, by the time Saturday rolled around, (laughs) I mean, you're right. I had been in there for a few days. I hadn't seen sunlight, and I was like, I needed a link to the outside world, and it wasn't going to be, you know, looking up, you know, future Cyber Monday deals. (laughs) It was, I wanted to know what the hell was going on with Peyton Lee. That's exactly what needed to happen. What I do want to know, and what everybody wants to know, is what in the hell is going on with Derrick Rose. So we'll look into that next on Rock 106.9. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. I completely forgot about this. I can't believe it's this week already, but this coming Friday is December the 1st, which is Long Haul Against Hunger. You'll be able to find both of us as we broadcast live from 6 o'clock that morning till 7 o'clock that evening. We'll be at the Giant Eagle on the Strip to benefit the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank. We've done it every year. Going to continue it this year. And uh, you guys have come out in record numbers. We hope to see you this Friday, Giant Eagle. Like I said, from 6 o'clock that morning till 7 o'clock that evening. We'll probably tell you the macaroni and cheese mountain story a couple of times that day. Yeah, sure. It's not theft. No, it's theft. No, dude, I took one box, borrowed it, one box, and we ended up filling half of a semi-trailer full of macaroni and cheese. So I feel like made good there. I wish everybody would get off my back on that one. That was a that was an evil plan devised and oh. worked flawlessly, oh, by the way. Okay. All right. Didn't just fall ass backwards in there. Nope. No. Nope. That was my plan, and it worked flawlessly. I'm an evil genius. Um, with that being said, it is worth noting that like when you guys come out and make those food donations, make those cash donations, that kind of allows me and Stansberry to be terrible people for the rest of the year. Like it's it's like no, well, who cares if we said reach around? It's fine, it, dude. We may raise a bunch of food. You know what I mean? So well, before social media made everybody feel like they better do something. Yes, that's why radio would wrap their arms around this. And so like they're the rest of the year. It was like, nah, they're all right. Look bad. what they do at Christmas. Those guys are all right. That is kind of why. But we'll be up there this coming Friday, 6A to 7P there. Don't leave early. Do not. I know I will no, not. So, I will be there. So let's, let's tell this story. Okay. <clears throat> so was it last year? Yeah. So Fantone was the in arena host for the, for the Canton Charge again last year. Still am, yeah. And... There was a game the night of long haul. My first game, actually, the night of long haul. And we all knew. And so he said to me, he's like, dude, I'm probably going to have to leave like 40 minutes early. 
Not like midday. No, not leaving at noon. I'm going to have to leave like 40 minutes early. And I said to him, I was like, dude, it's all good. I'll to handle the last 40 minutes. I got it. Yeah, We're good. You know, partners of the program can't charge. We want to be a part of it. All good stuff. Yeah, it was fine. It was so good. he leaves. And somebody else that works at this bank of radio station pitches a fit about it. Like a fit. Like a five-year-old baby fit. And so much so that the week after it comes up to me in the hallway and says, aren't you secretly behind closed doors, like pissed at him for leaving early at that? And I stopped and turned and I said, dude, don't you ever try to interject problems into my studio or my room ever again? What the hell is the matter with you? We had talked about this. We were good at it. You work at another radio station. Why do you have any opinion on this whatsoever, whatsoever? None had no place to have an opinion and that whatsoever made me dude. I'm more angry. Dude, I honestly <laughs> that day from that point on, I, I started to dislike that guy that right then and there. And still to this day, I'm like, nah, nah, I'm out. Your boy's out. Like, that's how fast it is with me. You get do you screw up once and I'm normally like, nah, I'm good. Like, I just, I was so mad about that. We're worth noting there that, you know, I had been there since 5 o'clock in, this mo- five o'clock in the morning. That guy had been there since, like, noon. But, like, ah, eh, whatever, dude. I'm not, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to drum up the anger of, of, of last as year. He, as he just does it. <laughs> as he just goes back in for more. Like, this is exactly what happened as he's not going to do it. Yeah, no, that pissed me off. And the reason why is because I'm bringing this up now is we have another planning meeting for this tomorrow. Yeah. And this will get brought up. It will inevitably be Fantone screwed up last year by leaving a little bit early, which you didn't, which by the I, way. Which I, not only did I, I mean, Stansberry, like the person who I partner with, but like my legit boss was like, okay, this is all cleared. Yes, you can leave 45 minutes early. We understand it's for a thing. And somehow or another, somebody it else. It became an issue. Yeah. And it's going to get brought up in this meeting tomorrow. And it will be by the person that I'm upset with. And then I may, and dude, I'm telling you right now, it is going to take everything in my power. Not to come across that, not physically, but not to come across that table verbally and shut that person down to where they never speak to you or I ever, ever again. Fingers crossed. Like, dude, I like honestly, like I've been carrying that around for a year, like where I'm like, I'm so mad about it. Like that I've been carrying it for a year. That's unhealthy. No, I can't that, do that. That is not healthy. I, I got it. So like, I'm just telling you, be on the lookout because tomorrow, which by the way, this is all about getting your back for the love of Christ. <laughs> I can't believe that. But there is somewhere where it's like, I was so, I was made to be so mad about that. And I kept saying that day after you had left, because you weren't even there for this, obviously you'd left. And it kept being suggested to me that you were lazy. And I kept saying what do you do on your time off away from here that could be con- that, that could be listed as as charitable? Because Fantone's got a ton of faults. He's got a hundred of them. But he is charitable outside of the radio station. So like if your thing is is that he's not doing enough to help out, like maybe you should look a little further into who Matt is. Yeah, you can F right off with that one. I mean, that's 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 a fair assessment. And that's another reason why I was so angry about it is because, like, dude, I uh, what do you do all all weekend then when you're away from the radio station, sir? Who has such a big issue with with, with where Fantone was? Well, and even if we're gonna take why he had a big deal where you were is because he was angry about being where he was, and that's why he was mad you weren't there. The, so ultimately, it's like this all comes back to you being awful. And I was gonna say the whole thing that that I'll say about. 
this is like, all right, take what we do outside of the radio station out of the equation and like, all right, let's like just compare resumes in here. Let's just compare results oh, okay. in here. Well, let's not do and, that. All right. Well, let's let, not, uh, we're going to move on quickly from that part of the conversation. Let's okay. Not, let's not do okay. that. Yeah, no, dude. You okay. can, you definitely at that point get to scream scoreboard. That right. for sure. And scoreboard, scoreboard, scoreboard. That right for there. sure is true. Oh, you know who's not yelling scoreboard? Look at, look at this transition. Look at the transition. Right look at the transition. Right. Dude, where in the hell is Derek Rose? Now, again, I, I'm the guy who last week I said, right, I, I had said something, I was wrong about it, and I, I, I bear it all, right? Laid myself on the tracks. And it's because, what do I always say? When I'm right, I want a victory lap. I told you all, Derek Rose was not going to help this basketball team. Everybody mocked me. Everybody laughed at me. Oh, Derek Rose, we're getting him on the cheap. And if we get 18 minutes a night and this and that, and I said, Derek Rose is a head case. I worry about him and J.R. Smith together. Now I was wrong about that. But now Derek Rose is, I guess, away from the game, deliberating, trying to figure out what his future in basketball is. Yeah, I mean, he might retire out of this, and I guess I couldn't necessarily fault him for that. I can understand the frustration of you had all the potential in the world in the sense of, like, truly could have been one of the greatest guards to ever play the game, and just constant, he was talented. Just constant injuries derailed that, and when you can't get your body to do what you want it to do as a professional athlete, I can see how, not only is that, like, frustrating, but defeating. You probably just feel like, God, dude, what am I even trying to go out there again for? Yeah, there would, I mean, it, as a human being, now what people, what fans want to do is be like, you paid all that money, but as a human being, it's hard not to get defeated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can you can point to the money, but like that's the thing is like, well, at this point, the guy's not doing it for the money. The guy came in at league minimum. The guy came in at as as like, hey, right. I just want an opportunity to show that I can still do this. And the fact that he's not able to go do this, I just I just see I just see the frustration from him at that point. I also think there's a little Tiger Woods issue going on here. I think there's a little bit of, yes, I could be great, and now I can't be because of all these injuries, and it's bothering me, and that's weighing in mentally. But I also think that whole thing that Derrick Rose went through with that sexual assault case or whatever the hell it was, the rape case or whatever, I think it just took a lot out of you. Of course. And so you just get to the point where it's like, you know what? Honestly, dude, I'm done. I got the money. Why am I doing this to myself? I'm just stressed out. I just want to be away from it for a while. And and the whole sex you know, uh, case that he went through, that's one of those things that it got talked about a lot when it happened. And then when he was found to be cleared of things, it just, nobody talked about it anymore. Like, it was just shut up. Like, it never... The, the moment the resolution came through, you're right. Right. That never became a part of the conversation Absolutely. That's, that is weird. And, I mean, but that often happens. We talk about things when they're hot. We talk about things when they're, you know, salacious. And then it's like, well, well, it wasn't Nationally, right. yes. I just figured because of Derrick Rose being a local story for us, honestly, that the media would have spent more time By on it. By the time he got into the Cavaliers organization, it was already all wrapped up. And from what I remember, right, that's probably kind of one of those things that it just, you know, it just, it just didn't make a lot of And news. let's be honest, some of the news outlets want access to the Cavaliers, so constantly harping on what's wrong with one of the players probably hurts your access. But this was right of one of the players. This would have been the story of, no, this guy did not rape this woman. This guy, this 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 was a, you know, we always talk about like, oh, well, are they just setting him up or it's because he's a pro athlete? This yeah. was one of those cases. Well, that's and, true. And, it, and it, never, it never got that I attention. mean, the text messages were not great for his, for his you know, 
reputation for his brand for his brand i mean there was nothing criminal but i mean what he was wanting her to do would not be good for your reputation but that doesn't make you a criminal no it doesn't um i i think a big part of this is too and i i don't necessarily think that derrick rose is going to retire out of this and i don't necessarily think that he's going to not be a member of the cavaliers even a productive member of the cavaliers in the future um isaiah thomas is getting closer to coming back and a part of the problem is and a part of the frustration i'm sure this guy's had is that he was put into a role where he really did not have a chance to succeed. And like, yes, he had the opportunity to succeed, but putting somebody in a job that they're not qualified for is putting them in a losing situation. And he, at this point, is not he is not qualified. <laughs> we can go back to last year's long haul. <laughs> he is not he is not qualified to be a starting point guard on an elite championship caliber team. He is more than qualified to be a backup point guard, to be in that Dwayne Wade role, which Dwayne Wade has flourished in, where it's like, dude, all we need out of you is for three minutes to go out there and score as much as you possibly can, get to the line, try to get fouled, that's all we want of you. To ask him to go out there and run starters minutes and to run the Cavaliers from the point guard role, he was never going to be able to succeed in that. So I think once he gets a little bit of time, once he gets a little bit of like, alright, I stepped away from it, alright, the team has moved on in the sense of they're not counting on me to be that big role anymore, maybe now I can go out there and maybe I can put forth that eight minutes a night and, 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 and at least give them some sort of, you know... So you think he comes back? The bench. I think he can come back and I think he can still be a productive member of the team. I um, I, I, I got to be honest with you. Knowing everything that happened with him, injury, and you know what I mean. Again, the rape case, and like all this stuff. Like I, and now this, like where he just kind of like disappears from the team. And it wasn't this happened once before, right? Like didn't he, this happen when with he was the Knicks? With, yeah, when it happened when he was with the Knicks. But with the Knicks, I think he just kind of disappeared. This has all been like a clear above board the team. This has all been like, hey, this is where I'm at mentally, physically. I need some time off. I think this is a Brandon Marshall thing. For those of you that don't know, Brandon Marshall is a wide receiver in the NFL, and for a while he was awesome. But he had problems on teams, and for the longest time, he didn't want to. Ha- he didn't want to talk about the fact that he had a couple of learning disabilities. I believe it, it is what it is, and um, there are a couple of other mental illnesses, like a big thing that Brandon Marshall's always talking about. As a matter of fact, the league fined him for wearing shoes, you know, during his platform for, you know, trying to bring awareness for something he wanted to talk about. But the league wasn't willing to allow awareness for mental illness. They're allowing, you know, some awareness on some other things. And, but he actually wore, you know, cleats for that. And he has had an issue. And I, I suspect that that's what we're going to deal with with Derrick Rose down the line. Is that we're going to find out this is a Brandon Marshall mental illness issue inside Derrick Rose, um, maybe brought on by the uh, you know the injuries and some of the other things. But I think that that's what we're kind of dealing with here. I think we're just dealing with somebody that's just a little may not be, may be misunderstood because of the conversation or the lack, I should say, the lack of conversation this country constantly wants to have about mental illness in this country. I think Derrick Rose. I could be way out of bounds here. I'm just telling you what I think and uh, it, it, Personally, I think that's what it is. I would love to see him be able to come back and contribute to the Cavs because I think they're going to need it down the stretch here. A five-year-old has been suspended from school, and of course, the parent is upset with the school. We'll give you that story next on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have some Canton Charge tickets for their game December the 8th against the Delaware 87ers. 8.30 is when we'll pass those out. Also coming up at 9 o'clock. We'll make the Rock on the Range announcement. Oh, yeah. 18th, 19th, 20th, I believe May is when that's going down. It's online at our Facebook page, but we'll actually get like the rundown of bands coming up at like 8.55. I'll pass it out at 9 o'clock. I just asked my boss in the hallway. I asked, as a matter of fact, he's here. I said, hey, I said, I know you have 
said, yeah, I'm not supposed to give it to you. I said, come on, just give it to me. He's like, no. He's like, because then your fat mouth is going to be running off all day about how you have it. Right. He's like, and sooner or later, you're going to be like, I can't tell you who, but if you like this song, they'll right. be there. And then the label's going to call me. The promoter's going to call me freaking out. He's like, just don't, just just wait. I'll give it to you, and then you'll be good to go. I will say, they um, they had a hell of a lineup last year, and they're going to be hard-pressed to, uh, to I mean, jump over that hurdle. Didn't Metallica wrap that show up last oh, year? Oh, yeah. Oh. That's so, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's a tough uh, it's a tough bar to get over there. I mean, wasn't the Korn? Yeah, it. it was Korn the second night, right? And then it was supposed to be, wasn't it supposed Soundgarden, to be? Yeah. Soundgarden, but that was like right before. Right after? Right after, yeah, it was right after uh, the Chris Cornell situation, so they were unable to play. And I remember saying you should fly somebody in and have the band play and fill it in, get Dave Grohl, get somebody to do it. It's probably a little too quick of a turnaround for that. I'll be interested to see what that set, what that what that setup is, and who is going to play that this year. It's always a good show. It's always pretty good. This next story coming out of Modesto, California, where I have once lived, and it's about a five year old getting suspended from school, and the parents are upset with the school. And I remember when I was growing up, when I got suspended, and it happened quite a bit, when I got suspended, my dad was never angry with the school, ever, never. Like, he was never mad. at This statement was never coming out of my dad's mouth. These damn teachers overreaching. My dad was like, no, my son is an envelope pusher and probably did something he shouldn't have done, disrupted the class, and you get punished for that. My dad was never, like, the school's fault. My dad was always like, you're the idiot who wasn't following the rules. Now, do you think there are cases where the school's wrong in doing it? And, Obviously. Well, I mean, at that point, like, as a parent, don't you kind of have to, like, there, I, I'm saying, my case? Yeah, you're going to know your kid. But even if you do know your kid, people like to protect their kids and want to blame the teacher. Yeah, I mean, you know. You have a teacher in your family. I have a couple in mine. I mean, dude, I constantly hear stories where it's like, no, that kid's a little idiot. It's it's one of those things that it's much like anything else where it's neither always one way. Sometimes things do happen to your kid, and that's not just, and you feel like you need to stand up for him. But other times, most times probably. If your kid's in trouble a lot, your kid's in trouble a lot. Like, that's what I'll say here. Now, they don't give me, like, the, you know the history of this five-year-old, but here's what happened. He walked up to a teacher. Well, a teacher walked up to him Mm -hmm. and said, you need to take your backpack off. And he said, well, I can't take a backpack off. I can't take my backpack off. There's a bomb in it. So the teacher then opens the backpack, obviously, right? He's standing there, kind of, you know, grabs it, opens it, sees that there's nothing in it. But then the school sends a letter home saying, that he had violated a school code when he intentionally engaged in harassment, threats, or intimidation. The letter also said that the rule applies to students in any grades 4 through 12. Problem is, is that he's in kindergarten. Right. So the dad says, we said this doesn't fit. And furthermore, we don't really feel like our son was threatening you. He's got an imagination. In his mind, he's being this hero that's preventing you from being exploded with an imaginary bomb in his backpack. Okay, I can, I mean, a five-year-old, yeah. That's what a five-year-old's going to do. Right, right. The administration agreed that the school code does not fit, but the suspension remained on Jackson's school record. School officials then sent home a second letter saying Jackson had made terroristic threats. Now, did he actually make terroristic threats? No, but they're going to have to broadly define this stuff for schools now. And let's not pretend a fifth grader, or I'm sorry, a five-year-old can't be malicious because they can like I, I know it's it's rare. It's not going to be a lot, but it but it they can. And I mean, we've seen five year olds, 
you know, take guns into school. Like we've, I mean, you got to handle this stuff seriously and you have to set the tone for the rest of the school. I'm all for the suspension. You have to lay the groundwork down. That way when another student says, oh, I didn't know I couldn't do that. You can say, well, yeah, you did. Cause we, we, we suspended Jackson. I mean, you have to look at things in a case-by-case situation, and I feel like once we start applying, like, well, this is the, the minimum thing that we can do because you said this, <sighs> but it, 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 you're making a threat of violence in the school place, and whether that was joking or not, <sighs> you got to teach your kid that going to school that he can run around the living room and play that game with you, but in public, it's not the proper game to play. That's a parenting issue. Yes. So it's not okay to play that game in public. Is it okay to do other, uh, you know, like violent games in public? Is it okay to. Well, I don't know about that, nor do I care about that because this is what happened. And it, this is enough of what's happened here. So the five year old is what I'm saying is, is like, dude, I, you have to suspend the kid and you have to send the letter home because you have to broadly define. We live in the school shooting era and you can't play around with this stuff. If, if a kid was, you know, said, I had a gun, same thing. Same exact thing. See, yes, if, absolutely. If, if, a gun would almost in a school would almost be worse. If they're playing, if they're pretending they have guns, if they're if they're if they're talking about guns, it's just it's one of those things where it's if like you a, have a finger gun situation, it is a gun situation in school, at, at least adjacently. And yes, I probably do, you know, detention in that regard. But I punish. Absolutely. I do. I get I get the actions of bombs and guns of, of with my student body completely out of it, given the environment in which we live in. This is what I love, right? The the moment after a school shooting, people will be like, well, we got to yank every gun off the street. But now this story happens and because there wasn't no weapon, all of a sudden now it's like, well, don't overreact though. Well, no, you have to treat it as if it's a serious situation because of what it could be. Because the moment you don't treat it seriously, then the same people who are bitching you're going too far are going to say, you didn't do enough to protect my kid. You can't have it both ways. If we want our kids protected, and we do, you have to suspend them when doing things like this. That way you lay the groundwork down for future students that this is not okay at this school. And that's how you stop it from happening. But to, to two days after a gun shooting, to walk around telling every you know reasonable person that they shouldn't own a gun anymore, and then turn around and say like, "Well, you shouldn't suspend a kid for this," is craziness. You have to stay consistent. More Stansberry show right around the corner. Hang on. Dan Stansberry and his boy Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 1069. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. We'll talk to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com at eight o'clock. Get his take on Derrick Rose. The Browns mess from yesterday. Man, they're not good. No, no. I think it's fair to say the Browns, not good. No, that six-team win, that's that's that six-win juggernaut, I'm waiting. Your boy's waiting. And are they bad? I hear the new rumor is, is that Hugh's going to be the one that ends up falling on the sword and Sashi stays. Yikes. That's a mess. I mean, the thing I'm going to say is can't get any worse. So, like, yeah, sure, Sashi Brown, make him the head coach, dude. Who cares? Make him the quarterback. No, it can't get any worse, but it could stay the same for the next 10 years. And if you keep drafting the wrong players, that's what will happen. I worry about that. So we'll talk to Scott, winningfornextyear.com, at 8 o'clock about that. Before we do, you're bound to get off work today. Maybe some of you are still off work, but, you're, you know, for those of you that are working, you're bound to get off, go home, pull open the fridge door, you know, kind of want a snack, kind of want to eat something. There's probably leftovers in there. 
from Thanksgiving. Now, maybe not. Maybe, you know, you got a family full of pigs and you guys finish everything before Saturday morning. Right. Who knows? But I know even at my house, like for days on end, there would be stuff. Yeah, I mean, over making food at Thanksgiving is a part of a game there. So, yeah, there's going to be leftovers. So turkey will hold about three days in the refrigerator, is what they're saying. About really? three days. That's about how long that will hold. I'm surprised. I mean, like, I don't know. You buy turkey at, at the store. You buy, like, a thing of turkey, and you leave it in your fridge for a week, right? I would think, although I, I will tell you, that's my least favorite lunch meat to buy from the grocery store because I always feel like it gets slimy faster than, like, ham or roast beef. I feel like it goes bad faster okay. than those other two. The gravy, they're saying, holds one day. You got a day. Get it in and out of there. Refri- this is refrigerated. Right. Turkey, like on the dining table, is two hours. Like outside of like after it being cooked, you got to get in there. Refrigerated, it'll hold three days. Okay. And, and yeah, I mean, dude, once you have food out for a couple of hours, you need to be cautious of it. But uh, anything more than four, yeah, it's definitely a lot. We're talking homemade gravy here. On the table will last about, again, about two hours. Refrigerated one to two days. You can freeze it for about two to three months. Although at that point, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Just go make some new gravy. Cranberry sauce will hold about two weeks if it's refrigerated, which I can't imagine. I, although I don't think it's very good when you make it the first time around. But two weeks? I can't think of anything that I could make leave in the refrigerator for two weeks and I still want to eat it. Yeah. I was going to say a week probably is the line. I mean, like, and that's probably the hard line on anything, whether it's, it's something homemade or pizza or whatever it is, anything further out than a week at that point, it's not even going to taste as good. So here's the big one, right? Cause this is like what this seems to be like the star of the show for Thanksgiving food outside of like the Turkey. But it seems like pumpkin pie is like the thing everybody's all excited about. Right. right? Which I don't hate pumpkin pie. I just don't like it. Like I've had some, I've had pumpkin pie that I was like, man, that's really good. And then I've had another slice of somebody else's pumpkin pie. I was like, oh, that's not very good. Yeah. Especially once you're home making stuff. I I always feel like with pumpkin pie and stuff like that, it's like, dude, just go buy it. Marie Callender will take care of that for you. You're not going to have it. to, right. You're not going to have to like splice it properly and do all those things. But you know, some people like the homemade stuff. No matter homemade store bought, whatever, we all do the same thing. It's a bucket full of cool. If you right. put it on top of it to right. make it taste good, you know what I mean? So at that point, just give me blueberry or apple pie for me. But the they say here the pumpkin pie on the on your dinner table will hold about two hours to maintain its flavor and safety. It needs tighter coverage and a cooler temperature. Once pulled out, once yanked out of the oven, there they say keep it refrigerated after about two hours before you serve it again. Um, I'm a little surprised. I mean, it's a pie, so I wouldn't necessarily look at it as like the same thing as like turkey. Yes, that's a concern after a couple of hours. I'm not saying I'm not sure they're saying this is going to make you sick. They're just talking about okay. how to how how to hold the best flavor possible. Okay. to where you're going to enjoy it the most. If you refrigerate pumpkin pie, they say it'll hold five days. I got to tell you, dude, I'm not eating a piece of pie out of a refrigerator after five days. Like, I'm not doing that. A week. I'd, I'd go a week. It's, it's not. It's not. Well, I mean, it's not like it's like it's not like there's not dairy product in there so much. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's not anything yeah, just, that I feel like I'm going to get sick from. Again, the cold, it's going to make. I don't know. It starts to get that dark brown color that I start to worry about, like putting something that like that's what everything looks like when it comes out. <laughs> Why? You know what I mean? I'm not sure that's the way I want it to look as I'm putting it in. Scott from winning for next year dot com will have your up to date information on Derek Rose. Also, what's going on with your Browns? We'll find all that out next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, we'll give you your entire rundown for Rock on the Range, give you the uh, list of who's playing, when and where. Do all that at 9 o'clock. We do it every Monday at 8. 
It's Scott from winningfornextyear.com. And Scott, let me just ask you, first and foremost, how was your Thanksgiving? It was wonderful. Uh, family, food, football, got relaxing. Four-day weekends are the best kind. All right. Are you hiding Derrick Rose in your closet? <laughs> Where is Derrick Rose? What is going on not. with Derrick Rose? I am not. Um, you know, I can't pretend to know exactly uh, what's going on with him. Um, it, okay. from, to me, it sounds like you have a kid who was bred to do nothing but play basketball at, a, at, a, at an extremely high level. Went to a Rick Pitino program in Memphis, um, was drafted first overall, was MVP of the league in 2011, and was on top of the world. And now he is just still 29 years old and, and can't seem to be healthy. Um, it's, wow, it's that's a ton crazy. of games with, with, with a knee injury and now this reoccurring ankle injury. And I think, you know, some players just handle that kind of thing better. His body, he, he, he cannot do what his body will let him do any longer. And I think there's some mental anguish there. And, uh, he, you know, he's, he's weighing his options. You know, he's, he's, he's playing for the Cavaliers on a, on a vet minimum. You know, the hopes were that, uh, you know, he could be the next player in the long list of players like J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson and Iman Shumpert and Matthew Dellavedova to play alongside LeBron James and, 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 and turn that into a very nice payday on, 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 a, on a one-year deal. And it just doesn't seem to be going the way he would like it to. And Isaiah Thomas is knocking on the door. Right. And I think, I think he's, he's seeing all of these kind of elements come to a head. And uh, it, it could take a toll on a kid. And when, when, when basketball is all you have, um, it's, I, I can see where that would be uh, a huge weight on his shoulders. And hopefully, um, you know, he's dealing with it in a positive manner. Uh, whether he comes back or not isn't really important as much as, you know, how he kind of manifests this issue. So we'll see what happens. But he is definitely not in my closet. I, uh, I, I think there's a little Tiger Woods thing happening here. I, I, I think there's a little bit of like when your entire life is one thing, you get injured and you can't do it. It just mentally just pulls you down. I also am starting to suspect that we may have a little issue with Derrick Rose along the lines of like Brandon Marshall, where there might be a couple of mental illness issues here that he doesn't necessarily want to talk about publicly because look at what happened with Brandon. I mean, the NFL fined him for wearing those cleats for Christ's sake. And so I think that we might find out long term that there might be some of that going on with Derrick Rose. Yeah, Brandon's situation's unique, I think, in that it was it's very barbelled, right? I mean, early on in his career, you know, you didn't want him anywhere near your locker room because right. of his issues. And then he came out and kind of dealt with them and strung together four or five straight seasons of being one of the best wide receivers in football. Um, you know, I don't know if that's kind of rearing its ugly head again. I think it's more physical. I mean, the guy's well in his 30s, has played a ton of snaps, and, you know, your, your, your career in sports just comes to an end eventually. No, yeah, that I get. And, you know, and one of the things I think these, you know, I say these kids, but any, 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 any kid who is bred to do nothing but play a professional sport at a high level, whatever it may be, um, I think something that, you know, they're, they're not really dealt you know, in terms of what they learn coming up is how to deal with things differently when your body slows down a little bit. You know, you have certain pitchers who are powerball pitchers who suddenly reinvent themselves and become location based guys. You have you have guards like um, you know, Dwayne Wade to a point. Um, even uh C P three, you know, some of these guys who had a substantial issues early in their career and no longer can be those guys who drive to the hoop and take those blows and come down on, on tops of feet, and they reinvent themselves in the kind of mid-range, you know, smarter, 
pick-your-battles kind of players. And, you know, not everybody in professional sports knows how to do that. And I think Derek is a guy who, who thrives on getting to the rim. And when your ankles don't let you get to the rim and be faster than everyone else, it, it becomes a really tough thing to, to, to deal with. And, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, you know Brandon, I think, is a, is, a, is a good example of people who dealt with their issues and kind of still thrive through them. Uh, hopefully Derek can still do that because, again, he's just 29 years old and, you know, he, he still has a lot of basketball ahead of him if he can make it work out. Yeah, I think Ron Artest, another good example of somebody oh, who is call. able to, you know, kind of take his mental issues and still be able to flourish out on the floor. And I think anybody who defines themselves as one thing and that one thing gets taken away from you, of course you're going to be in a bad place. Have lived through it. Right. I can tell you, I lived through it. It's it, awful. It's tough, you know. Real so, quick, guys, on that, uh, Derek still has like six years and $60 million on his Adidas contract left. Oh. So if he were to retire, that would be a lot of money still left on the table. Did not even know about that. That's a, dude, that's a, that's a great uh, yeah, insight I mean, there. You, you think he's working for league minimum right now, and it's like, well, of course Derrick Rose can walk away from $1.3 million or whatever Stars make more money off the court. Right, 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 right. But you think about the Adidas deal. Um, I always felt like with Derrick Rose, I, I feel like he was kind of put into a no-win situation at the start of this Cavalier season as he became the, the, the de facto starting point guard just based on the fact of Isaiah Thomas being out. Um, it seems like Isaiah Thomas is dropping a couple more hints. It seems like he's getting a little bit more practice time, right? Um, is it pretty? Is it safe to say that by the new year we'll probably see Isaiah out on the court for the Cavaliers? I, you know, I the rumblings I have heard, while no one will officially speak on it, has said by Christmas. Um, you know, so which is a little ahead, a week or so ahead of where the initial prognosis was. Um, judging by what we've seen on the court in terms of him doing pregame and stuff he's done in practice and now taking contact. And then now again, he's, he's if if he's tweeting this kind of stuff and he's still a month away, I'd be very surprised. Right. Um, you know, it sounds it sounds like they have a plan in place, and he's got to meet certain check marks before he can go to the next one. And if I'm judging by what he's been saying, he's meeting he's meeting those those that that criteria, and he's able to kind of elevate. Now, whether that means he can now do three on three, or whether that means he can now do five on five or practice in full. You know, I, I don't know what that means. I think if fans are reading these tweets and thinking he's going to show up in Philly tonight ready to go, I think, I think you're going to be a little upset. But I also do think the way they're setting this up is one day we're just going to roll into the queue or roll into wherever, and, there he is. and Ty Lue's going to say Isaiah Thomas is your starting point guard. And, you know, and I think that would be a really, really cool moment. Um, you know, I think it would be even cooler if they didn't start him and let him come off the bench for his first – kind of foray into minutes and let the crowd just soak him up and him up alone. Um, but I, I don't know what their plan is overall. They're being very coy about it. But I think every day that passes is another day closer to Isaiah Thomas being a, a starting or a, a player on this Cavaliers team. I would agree. The more tweets I say with him saying it's almost, and then like a picture of a watch, you know, insinuating it's almost time for me to come back and play, that this thing is going to be sooner rather than later. He's not going to be tweeting like that if this is going to be January or, you know, mid-January. Like, I think it's going to be, honestly, right before Christmas. I agree with you. Um, let's switch gears now uh, to the Cleveland Browns. Lost, uh, lost again yesterday. Um, I did not <laughs> see the game. I, I was unable to watch the game yesterday. Um, but I, I, I was keeping up with it via my phone, and it just seems like it was an all-out like mess. Like there was nothing to hang your hat on yesterday. Is that true? No, I think I, it was it was undoubtedly Deshaun Kaiser's best game. Um, you know, as as a professional, 
I, you know, we had a, we had one two weeks ago where we hoped he would kind of build off of it last week, and he didn't. And then this week he comes into Cincinnati on the road, and his deep ball was probably the best it's been, I think, since the preseason, which is which I think says a lot because well, it was, he was that. he was spraying it pretty good over you know those first four weeks, and we thought you know he was going to be the second coming. Um, the the issue again are you know thirty five yards in penalties in the first eight minutes of the game. Um, you know, you had a, you had a David and Joku offensive pass interference in the red zone, which pushed him back to the 21. Um, you know, and then Zane Gonzalez misses field goals. I mean, there, there's, they, they just, they can't seem to string a full game together. Um, you know, they went from holding Cincinnati to a punt to getting a, uh, helmet to helmet call on Jabril Peppers, which extended the drive and they scored another touchdown. I mean, there's, there's just a whole bunch of things that happen at exactly the wrong time. A Corey Coleman dropped touchdown pass. Wow. Uh, you, you, na- you name it, it happened. Um, but if you're going to hang your head on anything, Miles Garrett is a man, and Deshaun Kaiser didn't crumble under what the, you know, his disaster of a performance last week and, and looked like a legit quarterback. Now, again, it didn't lead to, lead to anything. They still lost by 14 points. But uh, there, there were, there were a, a ton of great performances one-offs, but they just couldn't string it together when it mattered most. Well, what's going to matter? Here's why I'm upset about it. Is like, let's say Kaiser starts to build right now, and let's say he even finishes the year out, like he and you can start to see it come together a little bit. It doesn't matter. We're going into next year with a new head coach. You just know it, and so then a new coach is going to come in and say, "Well, that's not my quarterback." We got all these draft picks, and we're going to start over from scratch again, right? I mean, I'm, I know I'm ju- I know I'm skipping ahead a few pages in the book, but I mean that's where we're headed, right? The, the best-case scenario, if you think Kaiser is the man, and that is up to the front office, right? I mean, they, they're the ones who will have that first overall pick. And Spend if they don't of- take a quarterback, they, they think Kaiser's the man. Is you have a Rams-type situation where you have a guy who can work with that quarterback. I mean, Jared Goff is a night-and-day player this season compared to when he was under Jeff Fisher last year. Yeah, Fisher did him no um, favors. You know, so if, you, if you're looking at Hugh Jackson as – you know Fisher in this case, and you bring in is it Doug McDermott? I believe um, I can't think of who their their head coach is, but you know you bring in a guy who can take that quarterback and turn him into what you have this year, where he won't win MVP because Carson Wentz is or Tom Brady is going to garner you know all of those votes. But Jared Goff, hell of a player this year, and if you if you think you could do that with with Kaiser, then I think you you try and do that. But by all accounts, I mean if if he can't string together and you know, look like a player on that verge between now and the end of the year, I think you're I think you're spot on. And you know Kaiser will be on this team, um, but it, it, he'll be whether it's you know Sam Darnold or or, Jick or, or or Rosen or whomever, Josh Rosen. Yeah, I don't know who the who the guy is, but uh, it sounds like you know we'll kind of wash, rinse, repeat here unless they they figure out how to how to string together uh, an offense with playmakers that can sustain drives and execute when needed. Uh, on you know, keeping with the MVP thing here, just real quick. I know they'll never give it to somebody injured, but if you ask me, Aaron Rodgers is far and away the MVP of the league. Look what's happened to the Packers since that injury. I mean, dude, if if, if I'm the league, I give it to Aaron. That kid's like just am- Aaron Rodgers is amazing. Also, I'm not sure that they think Deshaun Kaiser is the guy. I may be reading way too much into this, being guilty of being a Cleveland Browns fan here. But I mean, Haslam, Hugh Jackson are in the Cincinnati ed- end zone. Sitting there talking, laughing, chumming it up with AJ McCarron. I mean, it just looks like there's still a little "we want AJ McCarron" thing here going on. Yeah, well, you and AJ go way back, you know, from when they were in Cincinnati. Um, I don't know what sort of ties 
Haslam has to him or why they were, he was even there. Uh, but yeah, optics, it doesn't look good. Um, but, but good for Deshaun to have that riding over him and still, you know, play the way he did. Um, you know, again, you know, extending drives with his feet, uh, you know, throwing the deep ball with, I mean, this is a bit, bit hyperbole, but, you know, Michael Vick was a guy who seemingly threw it, you know, 30, 40 yards with just a flick of his wrist. And Kaiser had a little bit of that in him yesterday, which was a lot of fun to see. Um, but again, you know, unless they can catch the ball and, and do that consistently, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't quite know how the front office feels about Deshaun, but I think it's clear, um, you know, what some of the coaches feel about Deshaun. Yeah, there you go. There's Scott from WaitingForNextYear.com. My man, we'll talk to you again next Monday at 8. Thanks again for joining us. Take care, guys. Thanks. We'll talk to him again next Monday. Fantone, I have a list here of the most addictive substances on the face of the planet. We'll run down the top five next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. And welcome to Six Nine. Thanks, Scott, for waiting for nextyear.com. One more time for joining us this morning. Had some good uh, good insight on Derrick Rose. Going to give up on sixty million dollars with Adidas if he, he decides to retire early. I doubt highly that's the way that'll go. Yeah, I was going to say, dude, stick around. <laughs> dude, sixty million bucks. You want you want you want to keep working for that? I don't care how much money you make. You can always use more, and in athletes more than most because of how expensive it is to live that life while you're an athlete. That's why they all go broke when they're done. It's because of how expensive it is. And people always say, well, they don't have to. Yes, they do. A little bit they do. Because if a star-wide receiver or the starting center for the Cavs moved in next door to you, you'd be Facebooking live in from their front lawn, inviting all your friends over. Oh, my God, Tristan Thompson lives right there. And you'd be knocking on his door, bothering him, asking him to play you know, hoops with your kid. Like Sometimes these guys have to spend some money. Now, the cars and all that, you could get into a conversation there. But, like, on the homes, like, anytime I see it, like, an athlete spend a bunch of money on a house, I'm like, yeah, it's because he's trying to get away from people who want his money. That's why they live in gated communities, is because they don't want you knocking on the door asking, so you, and first of all, you don't even want the thing signed. You just want to be able to sell it on eBay. That's why they do that. So there's a little bit of it. Yeah, I mean, that life's expensive, man. It's expensive. Watch that ESPN. I think it was one of the first 30 for 30s called Broke. Watch that. That was eye-opening, man. Oof. I think it's like 40% of those guys go broke inside of two years after they retire. That's nuts. Those numbers are alarming. Speaking of alarming numbers, coming up at 9 o'clock, I got some Black Friday stuff to talk about. Man, the money that was running through your guys' fingers on Friday. Dear God, what do we give you that? However, now, though, I have what they claim are the most addictive substances in the world. Okay. All right. Now, we're going to get into them all, but I got the top five here. All right. Okay. So, a group of addiction experts analyzed the addictive qualities of different drugs and have now ranked them in terms of how addictive they are. They averaged out three different factors. Pleasure given by use, psychological dependence, and physical dependence. Those are different things. It's what I'm always talking about with marijuana. 
is that it is absolutely 100% addictive. It's just you don't feel the physical dependence of it because it leaves your body at a rate much slower than cocaine does. That's why you feel cocaine withdrawal. You don't necessarily feel marijuana withdrawal, although I always say, take somebody who smokes pot every day and keep it away from them for a month. You tell me how long it takes for them before they start to get a little snotty. Keep it's away about, from a day. You know it, what I mean? It, it's about two hours. days. Yeah, it's about two days and they start to get a little, they, they start to get a little aggravated. Okay, a little antsy for all those, you constantly say marijuana is addictive and it's not. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. But the most addictive substances on the face of the planet, they have ranked them. I have the top five here. Alcohol comes in at number five with a score of 1.9. Surprise is not a little bit higher just based on the amount of mainstream usage that it has. I mean, I don't want to say being an alcoholic is socially acceptable, but it's socially a lot easier than a lot of the other drugs well, on I this mean, list. Well, I mean, it is socially yeah. acceptable. You can buy it in stores. You can, you know what I mean? You can, you can, I mean, people go out for the sake of blacking right. out to meet other people and, and to do that kind of stuff. It is, it, there is a little bit more socially acceptable thing that happens there with alcohol, even with marijuana now. I mean, we got a lax attitude towards marijuana, but if you walk down the street, somebody's smoking outside of a bar, you're going to be like, that's weird. I wonder, um, you know, compared to the other drugs on this list, the destructive factor of lives when it comes to alcohol, because that's one of those things I always think that, like, man, you can say, like, well, a lot of people can hold their booze, and they can, and there's no problem, and, like, I don't view myself as a problem drinker, but you can also look back at just a, a, a an infinite list of families and jobs and issues that have fallen apart from alcohol, so it, it's always one of those things that I, I always, like, think, like, well, what did this really do? I um I worked very closely with a heroin addict, pill addict. Right. And he would always say that he was so thankful that the drug he was addicted to most, because he was like, yeah, I'll drink, I'll smoke weed, I'll do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, I like to snort Oxycontin. That was like his thing. And he would always say when he would go into stores that he feels terrible for alcoholics right. because it's everywhere. They advertise it. It's in the aisles. It's at the restaurant. And no, no matter where you go, somebody sells something that has alcohol in it now. Right. There's situations where if you're not drinking, you get that side eye. You get that like, what do you mean you're not drinking? It's the right. office Christmas party. I, I Honestly, and, and for as much as drugs as I've done in my life, I, I, I am very grateful that alcoholism has not been an issue of my life. Yeah, I could pick her. You know, honestly, I could leave alcohol behind right now and i don't think i would care i I really don't that sounds crazy for me to say but more than more than missing alcohol i think you and i know i definitely would miss like the 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 social aspect it's not the booze right Right. it's 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 the social lubricant it's the being around other people barbiturates came in at number four with a score of just two flat that um uh, barbiturates kind of commonplace nowadays you know when you're talking about like anti-anxiety meds and things like that they've been replaced by the benzos okay by the benzodiazepines. That's like that's like that's like the new barbiturate. Right. Right. So like that's kind of like those. The benzos are are really big with with younger kids these days. Xanax, clonopins, things like that. Yes. Yeah. It's a, those are all really big with the you know with the younger kids. This is the one on the list that I struggled with the most. That I still struggle with the most. The third most addictive substance on the planet. For the record, here I have done all five of these substances at some time throughout my life. Nicotine was the third most addictive substance on the planet with a score of 2.2. And I got to be honest with you, dude, that drug, I always say it, the wolf is always at the door. Like, it was all weekend. I was stuck in the house, sick, just shoving cold medicine down my face, and I was just, I didn't feel great, and I was just like, for some reason, God, I want to smoke cigarettes. There's just something about a holiday weekend that makes me go, oh, yeah, I should be able to do things I'm not allowed to do normally. 
I think much like alcohol, a big part of the problem is is that it's so mainstream, it's so available, it's literally in every store that you walk into. A little harder now, but... Uh, Yeah, yeah, but I mean, still there for you, still there for the taking if you want it, where you don't necessarily have to go find a drug dealer, you just have to go up to the gas station. Right, it's Um, easy to break. And I I will 100% say, of all the bad habits I've had in my life, cigarettes have been the hardest thing that I've ever had to like stop, that I've ever had to quit. I would agree. The number two most addictive substance in the world is cocaine with a score of 2.4 yeah i mean that cocaine was like the first i'm old enough to to have lived through this country figuring out drug addiction a little bit now we haven't totally cracked it but when i was growing up in the early 80s there were alcoholics and that was different than addiction it was just you just drank too much like you could just you'll just stop drinking. We'll yeah. just get you to stop drinking, you'll be fine. It wasn't necessarily you were addicted. Right. It's just that you just drank too much. Where cocaine was sold to us in the 80s as this is the drug that the first time you do it, you're hooked and you're on it forever. Which I don't know if there is one of those. I know anybody can be you know susceptible to that to yeah. where you could try something and you may be addicted. I'm not sure there's a, there's a substance out there that would addict all people by the first time they try it. No, 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 no. I think too, there's too many different variables that go into stuff like that. And I think there's plenty of examples of people who at one point in their life were recreationally or even like chronically using cocaine who have now been able to put that behind them. Um I I, I would assume crack is a part of that equation too when they say cocaine it's probably I would imagine. all things in there. Yeah. Okay. It's probably all things, you know, okay. surrounded in there. I I'll, I'll be honest with you. I find cocaine to be an annoying ass drug now i haven't done hard drugs in a long long time right but i always found cocaine to be an annoying drug it's so much money yeah it's so much money and unless you're the person in control of it all you do all night long is wonder when the next time it's going to be taken out of that person's pocket and it's an awful feeling and then what happens is, is normally you go in three or four of you Right. You, you go through it all. And then it's like now you're spending the rest of the night chasing another. Uh, let's not use terminology, but like, you know, you end up chasing another. And it's just like it just always felt like, God, my whole night is about cocaine. It would just be easier if we didn't do this. Right. It would have just been so much easier if we just would have not done this. I don't yeah, think I can agree. the negatives outweigh the positives of that drug to me. It's just, it's constantly like, well, when are we doing more of that? When are we doing more of that? Yeah, I mean, it's an intoxicating high. There's no doubt about that. It's dangerous. You're normally in a public bathroom in a bar. Like, you're normal. It's just, there's a lot of other things that go into the cocaine experience. Especially once you start doing it on a regular basis, once it becomes habit, once it becomes something that you're you're doing normally, it's just like, dude, the, the headache of it is totally, it outweighs the positive. Uppers aren't really my thing either. I'm more of a downer type dude. Like, let's just, let let's gear down. Which that weighs into the the number one most addictive substance on the planet. We haven't listed it yet. I'm sure all of you can skip to the end of the book here. It's heroin. And it's heroin by a mile. Alcohol score, this is the rating of how addictive. Alcohol score with a 1.9. Heroin, far and away the the winner with a score of three. Being the most addictive thing on the face of the planet. Marijuana doesn't even come anywhere near this list, obviously. Sure. And again, it's because we just, I honestly, America has a negative, 
I, I just think we've been misconstruing the message of addiction and marijuana in this country for a long, long time. And it's honestly, it's one of those things I know I get up on my hill about it, but it's because I believe it's what stops us partially, not solely, but partially is what stops it from being legal on the street. Yeah. I mean, truth from both sides is the way that you need to go with marijuana there. I mean, I agree. You, you, you need to be factual because at that point, if you're not, your, your, your message becomes moot. Um, as far as, as heroin goes and the addiction, the addictive nature of it, I don't think anybody should be surprised as we sit in the middle of heroin country in the middle of like a heroin epidemic i i've said this time and time again about heroin I mean, crack didn't do this to the right, country right well not 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 in the, not on the scale that it did and i mean like I, i've said it time and time again is that if you don't know somebody dealing with this it's because you're not asking it's because you're not paying attention everybody somewhere at this point has a relative a friend oh, a no, neighbor no. someone who's been affected by this it's just inevitable at this point Yeah, that drug is no good it just it sticks its claws in you, and it I, I, like I've always say like I played around a little, right? I mean, like my buddy was addicted to pills, and what all addicts do is they try to get their friends using just because then it's less people asking you to stop. And I, you know, I fell victim to that a little bit, and w- while we were doing the show together, got you know fell down that rabbit hole very little bit. But I can tell you that the moment I saw his life get turned upside down, I was like right to the bathroom, flushed everything right down the toilet, was like whoo. Man, you got away from that before it got too late because that's the last thing you want. That stuff gets in you and it just drives. That's what I've always said about marijuana. The difference between marijuana and hard drugs is this, is that marijuana doesn't change who I am as a person. You may think differently about me, but I'm not different. Me smoking a joint isn't going to look at your purse on the on the end table and go, I should steal that $50 bill out of that purse. Marijuana doesn't do that to you. Where heroin will do that to you. It just changes who you are as a person. And that's why I feel like it's so bad. We have charge tickets for their game on December the 8th. We'll get you hooked up next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. Um, coming up this Friday is what I was going to try to there say. There it is. Coming up this Friday is Long Haul Against Hunger. We'll be at the Giant Eagle on the Strip from 6 o'clock that morning till 7 o'clock that evening taking food, cash, check donations to benefit the Akron Canton Regional Food Bank and then ultimately to benefit families in Stark County who are food insecure. We've done it every year. It's been a smashing success every year. I look forward to seeing all of you guys again this coming Friday between 6 and 7 o'clock. Yeah, and ultimately, to benefit Stansberry and Fantone as well, we we really want to beat Keith Kennedy again. Please help us. Yeah. I have a feeling we are going to win handily. All right. Although, I I will say he does have a leg up. How so? Well, they've been running a promo for the event Uh, on his radio station uh, for a month. So, he's got a leg up. He started to tell his audience a month ago. Luckily, that leg is made out of ham, so we should be able to take a bite out of it. So, that's how... That's a little of that. I'm trying to hold my other air talent down. That, 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 you know, that's a little bit of that. This Friday, we'll see you starting at 6 o'clock that morning, and we will wrap up by 7 o'clock that evening. Um, it's, I, I always say it. It's one of my favorite things we do every year just because I, I love meeting people who listen to the show. I feel like you guys know all about me, and I don't know a damn thing about you. I mean, I know what your favorite memes are because everybody's got Facebook. But like, I don't know a damn thing about you. What makes you tick? Where you're going? How, when you listen to the show? How you listen to it? So I love meeting everybody and getting to find all that stuff out. They say no matter what job you have, you should put your all into it. And I agree. But there's a guy in Arizona whose story is now going viral, and I can't for the life of me figure this out. Okay. He's one of these dudes that, I guess, I mean, if I tell you what the name of it is, I guess most people would be able to draw what the job is. Sign spinner. 
You know those people, you always see them. Normally it's like right before tax day, where a guy's dressed up like the Statue of Liberty and he's flipping a sign telling you about like this person does your taxes. Like there's a guy in Arizona whose story's going viral. They say he is the superstar sign spinner. There it is. He works at U.S. Egg, which I guess serves breakfast and lunch. And so he's basically just driving people into the local restaurant there. And... Black Letter, Black Ketter, I'm sorry is his last name, says, I have a performer's personality, I guess you could say. I just like the attention. And the, that attention then leads customers in the door and calling to compliment his skills and personality, according to the U.S. egg owner Greg Gerben. Of his uh, enthusiastic advertiser, Gerben says he lives it. He enjoys making people smile. That's what makes him smile. Work harder and dance harder. Blackadder admits that he's good at what I do, at what he does there. He says, I just think I'm a good science spinner or a great science spinner. People tell me I'm one of the best they've ever seen. I'm willing to agree. I'm probably one of the best of anyone who's ever done this. <laughs> Holy crap. Like, first of all, like, I can't believe somebody would aspire to be the best science spinner there is. Meanwhile, dude, this guy's been doing this six years. Um, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, no matter what you're going to be, try to be the best one you can be. That's where like habits get formed. And that's where like you can kind of, you know, if nothing else, like maybe you'll never be rich, but you feel like you did a good job. Um, I, my, my thing with science spinners is like, is that really that effective of a form of advertising? It must be. I guess if they keep doing it, you know, something's happening there like for your taxes. I get. Because it's like, that's one of those things you could catch me on driving down the road. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know what? I'm going to go take care of that, right? But, like, I know I want an omelet. But, I mean, like, in in the example I'll use, there's a pizza place on Tusk where they have not a sign spinner. They have a guy standing out there playing guitar. Um, They do that? I thought that that was just that guy. No, and he's stealing money from that place, dude, because that dude is doing nothing. Like, literally doing nothing. I hate that guy. Standing out there with his acoustic guitar, strumming along to it. And it's like, dude, nobody's like, nobody's coming into that pizza place because of it. I thought he was just playing just to play. No, he's got, dude, he's got the official, like, the official, like, shirt. On. Yeah, dude. Next time you drive past and look at him, oh, I'll really I'm look. telling you right now, that guy is just stealing money from that place. I would be awful at that job. Oh yeah, yeah at a I side mean, spinner job, oh, yeah, I would be would. terrible at that job. Most I would, people are. I would not want to create that kind of commotion on the side of the road to be stared at. Um, it's a mobile place right next to TDs on Tusk, right there. Yeah, they, they have got a sign spinner too. That guy or that, those guys, whoever does that, those dudes always suck. Well, They're just literally standing there doing nothing. Well, not only that, but your job can be replaced by that giant inflatable thing that just flails <laughs> its arms around. Like, dude, if that thing can do my job, it's time for me to call it quits. I'll tell you, dude, I would be bad at all that kind of stuff. Like, I'll tell you another job I would be awful at. Not just this one. There's another one. There's another one I'd be awful at. And it is, and I always make fun of them. And Posse always gets mad at me. But Posse does get mad at you. But mascots, dude, I got to tell you, I would be terrible. Even though, even though you wouldn't know it was me in there, I would feel like I was naked in front of the class in one of those <laughs> things. I would just feel awful in that. Speaking of Posse, we do have some charge tickets. We have, uh, we have some tickets for their game December the 8th against the Delaware 87ers. We'll send you right now, if you're caller 20, at 1-800-243-7625. And Fantone, on the other side of this, I got some Black Friday numbers that are going to blow you away. We'll do that next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Oh, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We have officially gotten the press release, and the news has hit the internet, but if you haven't seen it yet, we have the lineup 
for Rock on the Range. It'll be May 18th, 19th, and 20th. Matt Fire Stadium, Columbus, Ohio. And your headliners. Friday night, your headliner. I'm excited about this one. Tool is your headliner for Friday night. That's a good get. That's a damn good get. Saturday night, your headliner, Avenged Sevenfold. Now, this is the one that I love them, but this feels like weird to have them close out the show, even though they're, they're a huge band. Alice in Chains, it looks like, will be your Sunday night headliner. Now, again, the Stone Temple Pilots are also going to play Rock on the Range, and that's an interesting look into this. Because everybody's all upset about the new singer for Stone Temple Pilots. Not the same. Not the same. Meanwhile, dude, the band headlining Sunday night is Alice in Chains. Got a new lead singer. Not the same. So everybody's telling me, oh, man, this Stone Temple Pilots, it's just going to be a cover band. Well, that's essentially what Alice in Chains still is, and yet they're still big enough to where they're going to headline. Rock on the Range. Other bands performing Godsmack. It's a good get. A perfect circle. With Tool being there, not not so surprised there. I'm a little surprised about that. Do they normally do that? Run both bands at the same time? No. I will, as far as I know, I have never I've never seen that. Yeah, that's a little bit surprising. It's awesome. you, don't, you don't see that as much. I mean, if you're a Maynard fan, like well, oh, yeah, like, what I think know. what I think it is is that he said this at the Cleveland show. There's an album coming out next year for a perfect circle. They're currently touring a little bit right now. So my guess is it was that, and I hear there's a new Tool record coming as well. I, I've, apparently, that's what he's been doing the last two years. He's just locking himself in the room, and it's just been creating music, which is great for all of us, because Maynard is amazing. So Godsmack, A Perfect Circle, Stone Sour also playing. Breaking Benjamin will be part of this. Three Days Grace will be at Rock on the Range. Stone Temple Pilots, Machine Gun Kelly, Bullet for My Valentine, The Used, Tech 9 Under Oath, a band I really, really like. The singer Trevor and I are good used to be good friends back in the day back anyway baby metal i don't know much about them but they're like one of those hipster bands everybody loves they're a japanese three-piece band and they're women right yeah they're like like i think like teenagers maybe like, at this point they're probably like 20 but yeah they're like young chicks i've seen a video you know here and there i, I don't know much about them black veil brides is going to be there asking alexandria is a band i actually kind of like they're going to be there i prevail greta van fleet which is like everybody's telling me is the new the new Led Zeppelin. We played him on New Tour Tuesday, which, by the way, we'll do that again tomorrow. You're getting new Yellow Wolf. Trivium. Body Count will be there. Quicksand. Red Sun Rising. This is all people who are playing Rock on the Range. And here again is a band I absolutely love. Baroness is going to be playing Rock on the Range. That is so cool. Andrew WK. Atreyu. Anti-Flag. We Came as Romans. Again, a band I really like. The Bronx. Ten Years. Again, a band I really like. Census Fail. New Year's Day. Amure. Hawthorne Heights, Turnstile, Miss May I, Code Orange, Power Trip, Dance Gavin Dance, Tyler Bryant and the Shakedown, Stick to Your Guns, Wilson, who is a band you will absolutely love if you don't know about Wilson. Check those guys out. They're great. From Ashes to New, Black Foxes, Like a Storm, Shaman's Harvest, While She Sleeps, The Fever 333, I See Stars, My Ticket Home, Cane Hill, Joyous Wolf, Stitched Up Heart, them evils, spirit animal, and like moths to a flame. But your headliners, Tool, Avengers Sevenfold, and Alice in Chains. Now this is a big show for me. And I'm sure they don't want me saying this, but it does feel like a step back from last year a little, right? 
I mean, last year it was supposed to be. Now, you didn't get Soundgarden because of the thing that happened with Chris Cornell there, the thing being his suicide. But Metallica and Korn. Now, I have seen Korn enough times, and I feel like most of their newer music isn't so great. And so I will take Advent Sevenfold over Korn right now as a band I would rather see again. Part of the problem with last year's Rock on the Range was the weather threw everything off. And, oh, that's and right. Chris Cornell killing himself was another part of the problem. There. Oh, yeah, that was a big part. Um, for me, and maybe this is just a testament to my age, it seems like the middle of the lineup is what I'm interested in. You got to the end of it, and I was like, who are these effing bands? The headliners, eh, I'm lukewarm on all of them. I'm kind of like, yeah, nothing in there that's like really driving me there. But the mid-card is where I see stuff that I really want to be a part of. That's how I always feel about Rock on the Range, is that the headliners are always like these big, huge bands that I'm kind of tired of. But again, like Baroness... That's where you'd be able to find me that day. Middle of the day, I'm prob- I'm guessing they're not allowed to play when the sun goes down. Drinking beer, watching that, I would totally watch that. Atreyu, a band I love. Trivium is a band I love. Trivium's the Metallica you're still allowed to like. Ten Years was a band that should have taken off much bigger than they did. They're pretty good. I love A Perfect Circle. You and I disagree on, on Maynard. You don't yeah, just don't get not, down with not Maynard. My cup of tea. But Godsmack is a big get. Not a bad one there. That's a good get. For a non-headliner, Godsmack's a pretty big band for a non-headliner. That's probably the biggest non-headliner. Oh, Stone Double Pilots. Which I want to see that now with that new singer. And again, worked out for Allison Chains. Worked out really good for ACDC, the, the second singer. That worked out great. But had, I mean, Soundgarden didn't play last year, so this stacked up next to last year, given the fact that Soundgarden didn't. Now, this is just solely for me. For me, it almost feels bigger. I've seen Metallica enough times. But Tool and Avenged Sevenfold, I've seen Tool a handful of times too, but I, I've only seen Avenged Sevenfold, I believe, twice. And that's a band I do like. I always say this. I liked them better when they were called Iron Maiden, and they were. They were better when they were Iron Maiden. But they're still pretty good. So there it is. There's your rundown for Rock on the Range. More importantly, you know what I have for you? What is that? Tickets for Rock ah. on the Range. Smart. These are really popular tickets, so we're going to make this really... Sell we're gonna, out for sure. We're going to make this a little harder than normal. We'll take caller 50 at 1-800-243-7625. We'll send you to see Rock on the Range. Those are general admission tickets before they go on sale. They do go on sale 10 a.m. this morning at rockontherange.com. You're getting in before you can buy them. Be caller 50, 1-800-243-7625. You're off to rock on the range, courtesy of the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. And then next, Black Friday and Cyber Monday by the numbers. Next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online at WRQK.com. We just gave you the rundown for Rock on the Range. And then actually, Tom Costarall won himself a pair of tickets. Tom calling in from Poland, Ohio. Was all excited. Very excited to go to Rock on the Range. We'll be passing out more pairs of tickets to that uh, between now and the show. 
If you missed the headline, I'm not going to run through the entire list, but the, but the headliners are Tool, Avenged Sevenfold, Alice in Chains. Then you get like a little Godsmack, Perfect Circle, Stone Sour, Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Grace, Stone Temple Pilots. So already, and I knew this would happen, already, all over Facebook, that's nah, not that good. Nah, show's not that good. Show sucks. I was waiting all, wait, waiting all week for the lineup. It sucks. And it's like, guys, if you're not impressed by this lineup of, of who's playing Rock on the Range, let me tell you why. It's because you're effing spoiled. It's because everything in the world is at your fingertips for the touch of your phone 24 hours a day, you know, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And it's made you so goddamn spoiled. Dude, and I'm going to sound like I'm 300 years old. But when I went and saw a show growing up, it was one band. There was a there was an opening band, but they always sucked. And you didn't hear about them for three more years until the record came out, until one song hit. It was, you went and saw Motley Crue. And that was it. That was it. And we were happy. We saw, a band, we saw a band that we loved, paid a bunch of money to go see it, and we walked out happy. We weren't trashing the show midway through it via Instagram. We weren't doing a, we were experiencing it and enjoying it. But these festivals have kind of ruined music a little bit, along with the internet and the streaming and all that stuff. But these shows are kind of ruining it. They put 60 goddamn bands in there for a weekend for you, and your answer is, nah, it's not that good. And it's because you're spoiled. To get that much live music, Three days straight. That that guys, Woodstock was an anomaly. Like that never happened. That's what made that so big. There's a thousand of these now. Rocktober's and Rocklahomas and Rock on the Rain. There's a thousand of these now, and we've all become so goddamn jaded because we have everything at a moment's notice whenever we want it. That in the moment anything gets announced, the first thing we think is let's trash it. It's starting to get a little annoying. I mean, I'm a negative person. I'm a pessimist by, by design. I look at the glass and it's like, it's not that it's half full or half empty. It's the fact that it will be at some point empty and then I get depressed about it. I'm a pessimist by design. But if the, it, I mean, dude, this information has been out for 20 minutes and already Facebook is filled with, it's not good enough. It's not good enough. I'm not all that impressed. Of course not. Because you've been given Every single thing. You don't have to work for a single thing. Everything is at the touch of your finger due to that supercomputer in your phone that you sit in your pocket all day that gives you stimulation to your brain every second of every single day, which has made you hate everything now. That's a one hell of a... Now, I'll admit, the headliners are probably not as good as last year. But guys, this tour's been going... Rock on the Range has been going on how long now? 10 years, I think it Wasn't last year the 10-year anniversary? I believe so. It's going to be the best show you've ever seen every year. Like we got to slow down on things suck. Like we just got to slow down on that. Like it's just, it's just too often now. It's just, it's just too much of it. And people are writing in and telling me, Jesus, it's not that good. What do you want from us? It's not that good. I'm sorry. Tool, Avenged Sevenfold, Alice in Chains, Godsmack, A Perfect Circle, Stone Sour, Breaking Benjamin, Three Days Grace, Stone Temple Pilots. I'll tell you what, it's not good enough for you people. I'm going to have tickets Every month and leading up to the show, I'm not giving them to you. I'm not giving them to you. You don't get them. Show's not good enough for you. You don't get them. Buddy, you ready for the best tweet you'll ever hear in your entire life? Sure, dude. I've been looking for the best tweet ever. After hearing, after hearing, <laughs> oh, no more social media. Yeah, dude. What, what do we got over here? The president. Okay. Got the fingers going. All right. You ready for this one? Of course I'm ready I for believe it. this is 15 minutes ago. All right. Just over 20 minutes ago. Sorry. We should have a contest. As to which of the networks, plus CNN, 
and not including Fox, <laughs> notice CNN's not a network, and not including Fox, is the most dishonest, corrupt, and or distorted in its political coverage of your favorite president, in parentheses, me. <laughs> That's funny. I'm not joking. That it, it literally says that. They are all bad. Winner receives the fake news trophy. Dude, he is the greatest of all time. Champ. Greatest. Goat. Love him. Dude, I got I said it a couple of weeks ago. Dude, the more he tweets like this, the more I'm getting behind it. Like I dude, I started out as a I don't know if Trump should run the country guy, but dude, I gotta tell you. <laughs> I gotta tell you, dude, the more he tweets like that, the more I'm like, yeah, dude, I like that guy. I wanna have a beer with that guy. I'm starting to like it. That's insane. Let's find out who has the most dishonest, corrupt, and or distorted in its political coverage of your favorite president. Parentheses, me. Well, and, and there kind of lies the problem is that, like, you're not saying that in the sense of, like, yo, we need to see who is factually the most accurate news outlet. What you're saying is who's covering me the best. And that's where the problem is. I don't have a problem at all. If you really want to get down to it and fact check each each news outlet and compare them, I think that makes perfect sense, dude. I think that's perfectly appropriate. But that's not what you're going for. You're going for the best coverage of self. And that's where the problem lies. I just I, 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 I just I can't get over it. He's just the best. That is the best tweet I've ever read in my life. And I thought it was his last one. I even forget what it is now because that's how much news this guy makes. We should have a contest as to which of the networks plus CNN. Oh, that's because they're on cable, not necessarily one of the networks. I was was reading that one. And not including Fox is the most dishonest, corrupt, and or distorted in its political coverage of your favorite president, in parentheses, me. That's my favorite thing I've ever read. God, he's so good. He's good. That one. I, I, you know, like or hate him. And whether or not this, I don't know if the system's what's best, but that whole you can't trust what's coming out of your TV is one of the smartest things I've seen a politician do in a while because he's just cleaning up with it. Even people who hate him now say they don't trust the news. Think about that. It's not just his people who love him who are like, hey, I can't trust the news. It's even people who hate him are like, yeah, well, you can't trust the news. He has masterfully sold that fake news like nobody else's business. I don't know what else he's done, but that he has masterfully implemented into this country. And there's no going back now. All right. Those Black Friday numbers, I have them. You won't believe them. We're giving them to you next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. People are calling me a curmudgeon for being angry at people like hating on the Rock on the Range lineup. I just think I just think it's partially, and I think this is true of me too, I think that's why I don't like anything on TV anymore. I just think the access to everything makes me like ho-hum on everything. And it's starting to get a little annoying. I used to like stuff. But and now everything I can, I mean, dude, if I told a teenager today that when Load and Reload came out, I was standing outside of a store at midnight to buy that album versus stealing it two months on a leak before it's officially released, they would look at me like I was a moron. But again, it's why we love stuff. It's because, dude, it took bands two years to release records back in the day. And then you got it and you're like, oh my God, this is so good. And really what it was is three songs were good and the rest of it was trash. 
but you didn't get a record a month and like everything's at your fingertips now. Don't get me wrong. I like convenience too. iHeartRadio is a fantastic app. You have all the music right at your fingertips. I get it. But now what's happened is we can take 300 bands, put them in a field and it's not good enough. I, I just, that's, you cannot tell me that's not a byproduct of that. You can't tell me that. I just don't like any of the headliners that much. I don't. That's okay. You cannot be a fan of Alice in Change. You cannot be a fan of Tool. And I would admit Tool, like having not had a big record recently, being one of the headliners is a little strange. But you're getting Godsmack, Three Days Great. I mean, dude, a ton of stuff. We already gave out a pair of tickets. We'll have them closer to the program or the show, I should say. People all on me. Caitlin says, Sansbury, I'm about to get in trouble at work because I've been waiting 30 minutes to hear about these Black Friday numbers. Give me these already so I can go into work and get yelled at. All right. So here you go. To end the program, here are some Black Friday. This is the number. This is the one number that I couldn't get over having read it yesterday. All right. On Black Friday, we spent, Americans, $5 billion in 24 hours. That's crazy. $5 billion. On clothing, electronics, whatever the hell else you bought. Did you hear about this, too, on Thanksgiving night? Apparently a mall, was it Alabama, Missouri, one of those two, got shut down because violence broke out. Like, a, like a dude, a toddler got hit in the head with a shoe. Jeez. Like a toddler. Won't get out of the way, baby. I'm trying to buy this television set. Like, I don't need a 65-incher. That video is online for you at WRQK.com. It's also at uh, at the Stansbury Show Facebook page as well. You can see that video of that mall having to be shut down because people were just like clubbing each other to death. I don't know where this lands in the realm of Black Fridays. I don't know if this was up or down or whatever. Um, the thing I'll say is I saw a lot of people. I did not go out, and I usually do, but I saw a lot of people say there just weren't as many people as usual, and I assume a big part of that is like, well, why would I go out there and fight people when I can just order it all online? Right. Like, for what? For wh- why am I going elbowing somebody at Walmart when I can just go to Walmart.com? I always look at it, and I'm like, oh, my God, how pathetic. How could you do that? But then I realize, you know why I feel like that? It's because of the convenience of my life. I don't have to worry about a 10-year-old waking up Christmas morning and not getting what they want. Right. You know what I mean? I don't have to worry about being a parent and looking at the look on my kid's face the, year they, the day they wait for all year. And then they open it and what they want isn't in there. Like, I don't have that to worry about. And if I were a parent, I'm a, I, honestly, I know I come off as like hard but I'm not. I'm a total pushover. And if I was a parent, oh my god, dude, I would be there elbowing people. Get out of my way. My kid needs this toy. I would totally be that guy. Well, now put those child's expectations on a budget. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like, yes, of course it's worth it to me to go out there for 12 hours and fight people because I this is the only way I can give my kid what he wants and not be broke come January. This is your only option. Then I, you know, I I, I completely understand it. But like I said, I mean, a majority of those deals are available to you online like that's the thing that just kind of makes me scratch my head and I saw somebody post this up today um, uh, analytics are predicting a 6.6 billion dollars in sales today Cyber Monday so you know I mean a a lot of money speaking of which if somebody knows off the top of your head a good Cyber Monday deal on a Nintendo Switch I need one of those I need one of those, not for a gift. I just want to not be bored on the plane when I. <laughs> I like, need one of those. When, okay, I, well, when I'm flying need. to Vegas for Christmas, I don't want to be bored on the plane. All right, so somebody sent me this. All right, this is from uh, my good buddy Dale McConnell, who sent this in. This was Saturday, May nineteenth, 
2007, noon, Columbus Crew Stadium. You ready? Sure. ZZ Top, Velvet Revolver, Chevelle, Breaking Benjamin, Puddle of Mud, Blackstone Cherry, Operator, Evanescence, Hinder, Three Days Grace, Papa Roach, Buck Cherry. Show got dramatically better 10 years later. So that's what it started out as. ZZ Top was like your big get. Okay? Don't get me wrong. Love ZZ Top. Beer Drinkers and Hellraisers, one of my favorites. Love them. But guys, Rock on the Range isn't good. I think it's. A, I think that's indicative of us being very, very spoiled. Ultimately, I just think that that's what that all comes down to. Aside from that, we're done for the day. Teresa's in next. We'll talk to you guys again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Have a great day. See you. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Hey, guys. You got Stansberry here. When talking firearms, you know.